Hello, hello. Welcome in to the PHNX Rising Podcast. Appreciate everyone joining us here on a Thursday evening and uh, you know, a little bit different uh, background because normally it's just myself and uh, you know my sidekick uh, Owen here. But uh, we got a little bit of a bigger crew tonight because this uh, handsome gentleman on the end, it is the one, the only Panos Armanakis, how we doing, man? Good, thanks. Thanks, guys, for having me. Let's go. Oh, my goodness. This has been... Uh, we've been looking forward to this one. I know we've had diehards in our chats, um, asking questions, everything like that. I know we're going to get to um, those throughout the show, but just kind of like high level, man. Um, it's been fun watching you on pitch. It's been a, a cool season so far for you on a, on a personal level, seeing how the team has been going. We're clinching playoffs. How's the vibes right now? How are we feeling? Yeah, everyone's everyone's pretty positive. Everyone's pretty excited. We know uh, kind of the message being sent to us. We've, we've earned another week, hmm. but we know there's still work to do in the regular season. We do have something to fight for. We are fighting for something, which, you know, Speaking to Owen earlier, it's it's pretty nice to have that feeling knowing that we're not just playing meaningless games. We we have something to fight for. So I think it's nice for the team to have preparation games, let's say, for the playoffs, knowing that these games mean something and we can fight for, for something bigger and, and hopefully get a home playoff. So preparing ourselves for the playoffs as, as a whole in general. You mentioned that home playoff there. At this point now, as we're looking at two more games to play, of course, needing a little bit of help from elsewhere as well to, to make sure that you crack the top four. How confident are you that you guys can get the job done? No, I think it starts with Saturday. I think we're pretty confident. Um, knowing that we've come up against these next two teams, we've already played them before. So we, we kind of know what each team brings. Um, New Mexico, we know, is our main focus. We know that they're fighting for, for their playoff uh, berth. And we know eventually coming up against Colorado, it could be a game which means whether we get home playoffs or not and it could also mean who we play in the playoffs so um we're pretty confident we at the end of the day have to take care of business saturday that's the first step and we know that's our main focus if we don't then nothing else really matters so i think full focus is for saturday yeah yeah no man it's uh it's got to be kind of an interesting mentality right of like you kind of know where the end goal is and where you guys want to get to and you're now you're not coming down the home stretch, right? I mean, it's taking it one game at a time, but you're also like aspiring to look forward and knowing like what's up ahead. How do you like from a personal standpoint, are there any like particular like preparations you like ritually from like a, a game standpoint or leading up to the week? Like how do you get into the right mindset? Yeah, I mean, it, we'd be lying if we're saying we wouldn't be human if we're not looking forward to the playoffs. Like it's, sure. it's tough. We, when, when you clinch, you know that the playoffs are coming. Um, but again, for me, and I think for the rest of the team, our training week hasn't changed. We're mm -hmm. doing the same things that we would usually do throughout a normal week, um, preparing the exact same way. Yeah. Maybe you, you think that people are relaxing or whatever, but we have such competition within mm -hmm. the team. I think that really helps us to stay concentrated because for me personally, on a personal note, I always have the feeling that if I'm not performing, someone's there to take my spot mm -hmm. we have such competition and so far um since i've arrived i've i've played a, a lot of minutes yep. and i've been um you know pretty important for the team but i know that if i don't step up and perform there's someone ready to take my spot and the last thing i want on the personal level is to lose my spot yeah come the playoffs so 
I know that I have to keep my level. That's from an individual standpoint. And from a team standpoint, the last thing you want to be going into the playoff is losing games, less confidence, knowing that, okay, we hadn't won in a couple of weeks, knowing that we have to play a playoff team and, and not having that confidence. Uh, for example, like Colorado now winning a lot of games, they're probably going in on a high and and we want to match that as well with whoever we play. We don't want to be limping into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And of course, you mentioned the take, you know, someone else being there to take your spot. Well, you were the one who came in and took a spot earlier <laughs> in this season, joining the team in June uh, from Loudon. How has it been for you to adjust to a completely different team right in the middle of the season? Yeah, it's my first time in my short career so far that I've come into a team mid-season. Um, being very tough um not the the atmosphere outside the players have been very welcoming and stuff but i think i fit well into the style of football phoenix want to play and juan wants to implement um but it's been it's been tough because completely different system completely different tactics uh juan is very great coach but very strict and sometimes my my play is a bit more like erratic at times where i want to go search for the ball i want to go a little bit deeper, get on the ball a bit more. And he's kind of drilled into me the the importance of positioning and timing and stuff. So for sure, I've elevated my game and improved. And there's still times now where I'm like, okay, this is what I have to do for the team. And sometimes my natural instincts, I, I do some other things. So to be honest, I still feel like I'm still adjusting, which can be a positive and a negative because I feel like I have a lot more levels to go um, with my performance. And I think week in, week out, I'm getting more and more comfortable and the confidence that you get from playing every week, um, constantly being in, in the starting 11, um, showing that, you know, the club believe in me and, and that the coaching staff are happy with what I'm doing and, and the results are following gives me more confidence to continue being the player that I am. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, kind of especially right in the last uh, month or so, really, we've seen in the last couple of months, we've seen this team really fine, just absolutely fantastic for me, Ryan. You guys are riding the eight match unbeaten streak. How much does that like pop in your guys' heads of like, Hey, obviously you want to get wins. We want to get these points, keep it going. But like, it's a cool Testament to like a lot of the work that you've done, that the team has done. How much does that like resonate into what you guys are doing on a daily basis? Yeah. I mean, we know, I think the number, maybe I'm wrong, 21 new players this year. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Wow, so, man. um, you know, coming in mid season and, I can only imagine how difficult preseason was with, mm-hmm. with all those guys. And then you, you dropped me in the mix um, to start playing. You know, I arrived and within four or five days, I started my first game against Oakland and, and playing with guys that never played with before and, and trying to get result because I think at the professional level, you don't really have time to babysit or anything. It's mm-hmm. either you perform or you're out. Yeah. So it was a little bit difficult on my end, but I think the guys coming in, especially the new guys, John has been amazing since he's come in from a leadership standpoint. And and Darius, I think, has added a lot of, of quality to us and, and even just the, the mentality and the atmosphere in the locker room. I think you see guys stepping up and I think we have a, a team, a squad, not just an 11 that, you know, one goes down and, and the other one can step on. We've seen that with injuries throughout the season or or suspensions or whatever. We're versatile and, and we have the quality. And I think it's kind of like a next man up mentality. Hmm. When you look at, obviously, a lot of those guys have uh, have had injuries at various points in the season, right? It's not been easy. I mean, you look now, you've got Gabby who's out injured um, at the minute. For some of those guys who are out injured, what is it that they're doing in that environment as part of the team at the moment? Are they, are they still kind of 
you know, they're talking to you guys a lot during uh, mm -hmm. training days and on match days? Yeah, I mean, obviously their their schedule varies depending on what treatment and, and stuff they need to be getting. But they're always involved. And I think Juan and the staff do a great job of making them feel important and, and making them still feel a part of the team. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we had Tulsa away. Darnell had traveled with us after being injured. Mm -hmm. um, the guys that are, are not dressing or, or that are suspended or injured are always involved in the locker room. To be honest, those are the guys that are kind of getting us through these moments because they're the ones giving the motivation, giving the speeches, giving stuff like that to feel involved. And, and the guys that are playing, we definitely appreciate that because we, we need everyone. And that's kind of the 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 message that's been put across to us from from everyone that everyone is important and i know sometimes the guys aren't playing it, it's difficult to feel important but like you said everyone has had a moment where they've needed to step up this year and and they have you know so just like recently mo i think traore has been amazing for us mm -hmm. and there was a period of time throughout the season that he hadn't played as much um gabby with the injuries and and other guys like Gallardo and even when Manuel was suspended um, for a game or two and we had players step up in his position. So I think it's a testament to the the players that aren't playing consistently and then how involved they, they, they stay. Yeah, absolutely. I do want to shout out our chat as well, Jacob, if you can. And they're mostly talking about Iowa. Yeah, I know. They, they, like, this chat just evolves into all different why? types of things. But I see Bindu's Bluebird. We want the cup. We want the cup. Ole, ole, ole. Let's go. Seeing Thomas a little bit higher up. He wants, you know, he wants to say, keep adjusting for a few more seasons. <laughs> Become a club legend there. Love that. And it's going a little bit further up as well. Uh, yeah, we're just, people Mind are getting after it already for Saturday, man. Out. I mean, there's a. <laughs> yeah yeah no it's uh it's cool to see always always love the support and i think right it's cool to have support from your teammates as well right you mentioned uh mentioned john you mentioned darius uh being like really like good locker room pieces anyone like in particular that you could note that like either like took you under the wing or was like hey this is like this is what this club is all about and especially knowing right to you mentioned there's been a lot of turnover at this club in the last yeah. uh, you know since last season i wouldn't say anyone has been more important than the other but sure. to to understand the meaning and what it means to be a Phoenix Rising player and a part of this club, it's, it's pretty, I think for everyone, it's been Darnell. Mm. Uh, I think Darnell King has, I mean, him and I have a great relationship and on and off the field and a lot of the time on the right side, I'm with him and the stuff off the field um, really helps me joke around and stuff, mm. but he's really helped me adapt. Um, everyone's been great adapting, but when you talk about what it means to be part of Phoenix Rising, I think he embodies that. And I think he he shows that um, not just to me, but I think to all the players. Um, I think it's no like no secret that I've had a really good connection with with Trejo since I've arrived mm -hmm. and stuff. So when I first came, him and I had had spoken about what my qualities can do for him and what his qualities can do for me and, and how we can help the team. And that's the, at the end of the day, the more he scores, the more I can help the attacking guys get on the score sheet, I think the better probability we have to win. So it, at the end of the day, it's for the benefit of the mm. team. And I think um, stuff like that and and working, you know, I've played with multiple players um, in the midfield, like with Jose and, and Harvey and mm -hmm. Renzo and even uh, Carlos Anguiano at times. So just understanding them. Sometimes I've had Eddie or Darnell or even Gabby or depending on what positions I've played throughout the year. So it's just uh, creating connections and and understanding each strengths and weaknesses and, and how to work together. But um, everyone's been 
been great. Um, but yeah, going back, I think Darnell has been probably the most important one to to understand what it means to be part of Phoenix Rising. Absolutely. Reese, clip that. Got that? Yeah. <laughs> my, ma- my man. My man. My man. Appreciate you. But of course, look, you can mention those guys. Well, yeah, there's someone who's walking around with your initials on their leg, right? Can you, can you just tell us the story of how that came about? Yeah, so um, I don't know what it is, but Darius <laughs> and I, since he arrived from Oakland, never met each other before. I actually played against him three times this year before he arrived because I played uh, against him with my previous team. Mm. Actually scored against Oakland with my previous team, so uh, I'm sure he remembers me well from that. Um <laughs> But since we arrived, we just had like this instant connection on the field. I think when when you don't know each other so well off the field, I think having a a connection on the field really helps just by seeing how someone plays and kind of like a professional appreciation. And then off the field, being both uh, non-US and played in Europe before and stuff, we kind of had common common ground to talk on and we grew really close and uh go to practice every day together and stuff like that so um i don't know why it was his first game i think he was he was starting away to vegas and he was in the gambling mood i guess and we we knew we couldn't go out to to play blackjack or anything like that so he he was just like always wanting we're very competitive i know myself i'm competitive with everything um he is as well and he was asking all these players hey we'll make a bet if i win uh, if you score, I'll get a, your initials tatted on me and vice versa. And everyone was saying no. He asked all the guys with the tattoos. Uh, he asked Atiaga. He asked a couple of the other boys and they said no. And he's like, oh, everyone, everyone's too scared, blah, blah, blah. And he was sitting next to me having dinner the night before the game. I was like, you know what? Do it. You, you're talking a lot. Let's just do it. <laughs> and then everyone's looking at me, Panas, you're stupid. And I was thinking in my head, oh, he's more of a an attacking forward than I am. Mm-hmm. I'm really risking it here because <laughs> a part of me was like, normally I try to create as many chances as possible. And I know with his quality and stuff, if I give him a chance, he'll probably bury it. Mm. So I was really worried and knowing that we needed to win the game. And, and I was starting that I was going to have to feed Trejo and Darius oh, and, yeah. and Manu as well. Um, and then, yeah, and I ended up scoring the winner that game. And I remember he had just gotten subbed out and his hands were in his head while everyone had jumped up and celebrated. <laughs> and the players were asking why he wasn't celebrating. And he's like, I'll talk to you after. And then I remember in the locker room after Vegas, everyone was celebrating, whatever. And he's just shaking his head with a towel. Like, so it's good memories. And I guess I'll be with Darius forever. So it's a, it's a good story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to take some uh, effort to get rid of that one, I think, there. But um, I remember because you tweeted that picture at Max at like four in the morning. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah yeah vegas was a was a good trip and a good win and i think the week in general i think after that we ended up beating sacramento at home and and then rgv at home so it was a good week in general and i'm sure something he'll never forget <laughs> yeah i just checked it was indeed dead on 424 in the morning <laughs> like would it be a vegas away trip unless someone came back with a tattoo they didn't intend oh, on getting oh my. I, I was gonna say i think we were yeah, we were we were we were still up in the wee hours of the night. We just look. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and he's like, you got it that quickly. Yeah, yeah. Oh my oh. gosh! I think that, I think that's I think that's really like first off, that's just an amazing story. But I, I think like going like to what you're saying, it's like it just shows like you guys are both guys who joined this squad mid season. Like if that doesn't speak to just the camaraderie and the chemistry yeah. just of this team, like on off the pitch. 
I don't know what does, man. Like that's that's just that's just cool. Yeah, yeah. I think we've we've really tried to. Yeah. I, I speak for myself, and I'm sure the others as well. have Really tried to grasp what what it means to be part of Phoenix, and we know the territory it comes with, and a little bit of the history. And I mean, I didn't know much about USL, but when I knew I was getting traded to Phoenix, um, I saw like it. You know, for me, it's it's the biggest club in the league, and mm-hmm. when you come here, you you need to win. There's no one really cares about anything else. You can play good football or whatever, but the pressure's there. And I think you just have to accept it and trying to understand that. And again, everyone's been great um, since I've arrived and, and helping me understand that. And I'm very competitive. So I think it, it matches well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, something like you're mentioning, like, right, trying to figure out what it means to be a part of Phoenix. Something that's also part of Phoenix. Circle K. Circle K is just absolutely embedded into the culture and everything of, you know, Phoenix, Arizona, everything like that. We love Circle K. Phoenix Rising loves Circle K. That's a little part mutual partner there. Hey, hey, yes, easy right there being like, yeah, I got you. Circle K, love them. You guys, they have a new inner circle program for those of you who don't know. I've only been saying it every single show. Super easy. If you like free stuff, I like free stuff. Oh, and you like free stuff? Yeah, I like free stuff. I actually like free stuff. Everyone loves free of course, stuff. Of course, my man. Exactly. Producer Jacob likes free stuff. He's nodding his head. He might say something. Please don't get him started. Oh, <laughs> Marty there, started. man. He's going to list everybody in the room. Room. Everybody <laughs> like the people like free max just get all my there yeah right? yeah yeah now download circle k and uh check out the inner circle program it's super easy when you download the app you can opt in for your inner circle program just by entering in your phone number super easy first five phillips 25 cents off a gallon first five polar pops free there too and then every six hot island your hot item your pizza all that stuff also free check out circle k in their inner circle program love them shout out circle k actually just restocked all the sta- the snacks right there everyone was giving me a hard time in the office snacks. for weeks that there was no snacks no chips it's everything surprisingly like surprisingly limited selection that you brought <clears> in listen I, listen i'm doing what i can there's more to come there's there's steps to this there's levels to this you saw the new intro there's levels to this come on come on now um but yeah shout out circle k also, it's okay. Grab yourself a nice four peaks. It's cold out. It's hot. Everything like that it is getting a little bit cooler, but you know that just means. I wouldn't say it's cold out. Yeah, <laughs> it says cold. I say I say it's colder. It's getting okay. colder. Okay. It's getting there, cold but uh, you know it means that it's uh, pumpkin porter season. Oh, and you like a good pumpkin porter? Yep. They got the wows, the kilts. Uh, you guys also, you know, we're we're fans of the D backs on this pod as well. You can get to the nice rattle on red ale. Boom. Also a Four Peaks staple. Check them out at Four Peaks at Four Peaks Pub and at Four Peaks Brew on Instagram. Check out all the latest and greatest going on in Arizona's hometown brewery. Of course, you must be twenty years or older to enjoy responsibly reese is asking offset if he can have one of those gummy worms yes you, you may you may have a gummy worm <laughs> yeah the gummy worms from circle k yeah yes gummy yeah. worms are from circle k not from four peaks that'd no, be, no, that'd that's, be, that was a weird transition from you that'd be weird. Okay. Okay. Asking but, uh, let's, let's move on a little bit here now we're gonna go back in time right pre-rising Ooh. whoa now we which also means uh producer jacob we got a we got a headline haven't we <laughs> we got a headline somewhere have we is it ready? Hang on. It just disappeared on me. <laughs> so not yet. Don't produce it, Jacob. Oh. Uh, I get the stats. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, it's... Uh, yeah. Jake. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, let's have a look at the chat <laughs> right now uh, and see what we've got here now. Uh, Some anti-Dodgers love to put anti-Dodgers it Anti-Dodgers in there. Yeah, that. Thank you, Michael. Um, uh, anything else? Their biggest team in the league? True. Oh, I mean, is that even a question? True. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Come on. Definitely. Oh, there no. we are. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this one. This one's getting the groan. He sees it on the screen. Now it's up for you guys as well. This one from the Sydney Morning Herald. 17 years ago, 
Yeah? yeah. European soccer's <laughs> hottest new star, and he's only seven. That was you, wasn't it, at the time? No, it was me. That was you. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At the age of seven. Yeah, I mean, I don't read the the headlines, but apparent, <laughs> apparently. Oh, yeah, no. that's still your picture, by the way, on Google. Did you realize oh, that? I didn't oh, and you did yeah, dirty that's the on that one, that Google man. Google spits out for you. Um, <laughs> we actually found the original. Oh my god! We were digging around today, but uh, yeah, you've always been a football guy, haven't you? Yeah, uh, from a young age. Ever since I could kind of walk, it's always been with the ball at my feet and um kind of between football and tennis love tennis growing up and I remember waking up saturday mornings and eventually my i was playing tennis and football at the same time and my mom said okay get ready dad said get ready 7 a.m on a saturday school kid doesn't really want to wake up and i said i'm too tired for tennis but i'm okay to play football so nice. I kind of kind of chose then and um yeah, it's kind of been love at first sight from there. And you grew up in in Australia, um, mm -hmm. so were you never tempted by any of the other sports? They've got uh, like, there's plenty of them. Yeah, yeah, Australia for sure. Um, tempted, not really, to play mm -hmm. professionally. I knew that's what I wanted to do from a young age. But yeah, growing up, I I played loads of sports between cricket and and rugby and swimming and and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But football has always been number one. But yeah, lunchtime was never really football. It was rugby every lunchtime and and cricket and stuff so played football kind of outside of school how good a cricket it were you i was pretty good you were good I, I'm, batsman, I'm pretty batsman. batsman i love being involved in in the action and stuff couldn't think of anything worse being a catcher on the outside so just wanted <laughs> to be involved and always uh always competitive and playing sports I was gonna say, I'm like, you guys, you guys lost me on the on the cricket situation. I, I watched a bit, but I I don't really know what's going on. I'm being I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. I you know I gotta look, coach me up one day. Yeah. Um, you speaking of coaching up, any like who were like somebody like your either like football like football players, anyone like you looked up to as you were like growing into the game that like you're like either watched or like someone that you came across that inspired you? Yeah, um, young age, I fell in love with football because of. Ronaldinho, mm. and that's kind of where my mm -hmm. like Instagram or social oh, media yeah. names come from. Um, for me personally, and again, everyone will argue. For me, he's the best player that's ever played. Um, his peak and and how he did it with a smile on his face and entertainment and stuff. And I think sometimes football kind of misses people like that because it's become such a such a business yeah. and uh, a lot of politics involved and stuff that. The way that he was able to incorporate the happiness and, and yeah. the entertainment side with results was amazing to me. Um, he'd be my main idol. And then growing up with my age and stuff, the the people that I looked up to, Messi was coming through, Ronaldo and Ibrahimovic and stuff. But I'm an Arsenal fan, so growing up, Thierry Henry and, and stuff like that was was pretty big. Dennis Bergkamp. Mm. Um, but now there's not really... Any more number tens in the game? I would say yeah. very difficult to find number tens. So growing up, my dad always loved watching football, and and his favorite players were kind of number tens. So growing up, that's who I kind of wanted to emulate. And and now they're not really involved in the game, but you know, players like Dennis Burkamp and Del Piero, Baggio, mm -hmm. Francesco Totti, like they were yeah older than my generation, but youtube was out at that time so they were my favorite players to watch and and try to emulate and ronaldinho and stuff and i know that that kind of position has kind of faded out of the yeah. game a little bit but for me they're the 
the most beautiful players to watch, just elegant and easy on the eye. Yeah, I think like it's they don't make players like that, or at yeah. least like like how like the position. Yeah, I mean, or what football's, it is football's now transitioned. It is, into, yeah. You know, those types of players, they weren't the most athletic. They weren't the most physically strong. Yeah. But I still, I know you have to to be an athlete right now. Of course. Um, but back then it was proof that if your mind were quick enough and you were smart enough. And yeah. I still think those are the kind of the best players because I think now with coaches having more of an input now on formations and tactics and stuff, kind of the individual brilliance kind of gets taken out of the game a little bit. Mm. Um, which is something I'm a little bit upset about because of, you know, positioning and, and all mm -hmm. of that. Whereas, yeah, they had tactics back then, but it was, hey, give the best player the ball and and make let him make something sure. happen. And I feel like even now a lot of teams are able to, to stifle that because the level has raised yeah. so much in the world of football that every team is good, every team is tactically sound. Um, whereas back then it was if something's not going right, give it to your best player and, and he'll make something happen. So, yeah. I'm a little bit further up, actually, in the uh, the chat. There was a question there from uh, Thomas about uh, what do we think of Tottenham? <laughs> you oh, we're getting, to we're getting, we're getting this now. We're getting into this now. Yeah, there we go. Uh, but there we go. but <sighs> to be honest, I have to respect what they're doing this year, especially with the, the Australian manager and I, stuff. I, and yeah. They are playing really good football, but um, yeah, always an Arsenal fan. Why <laughs> Arsenal then? Where did that come from? Um, It was just my dad's uh. team. Growing up and in Australia, the league wasn't the best and Premier League being the, the best league in the world. And, the, um, you know, I grew up and watching them, uh, they didn't really have a lot of success when I when I started watching them. And to be honest, I kind of liked that as well. I didn't want to just get onto a team that was winning everything and stuff like that and, and just bandwagon type of thing. So I wanted a team that, you know, had a bit of history and that meant yeah. something to me and that had players that I could relate to that I wanted to be one day or mm. wanted to emulate my game off. And, and when they had players, you know, eventually coming like uh, Dennis Bergkamp and Henri and Pires, Lundberg and a great squad like that. And then eventually Cesc Fabregas and Ozil and stuff. So it just kind of continued from there. Yeah, it, it's funny. Well, first off, that's why I'm a Spurs fan because I definitely don't want to be accused of bandwagoning yeah. or winning. <laughs> you could never be accused. Of <laughs> <laughs> I, it's funny. I remember at um at the season ticket holder event. I remember I was asking like, "Oh, what do you think of Big Ann? She's like, "Oh, yeah, like you're like, yeah, good manager." But I, I must warn you, I'm I'm an Arsenal fan. Mm. Like, okay, yeah. all right, all right, yeah. it, it broke me. But so that's, when, that's when okay. was it then that you you moved to the UK? So I moved to the UK when that's on me. I was. 13 14 uh kind of because felt football the way i was going and and my level and stuff i wanted to to get to the next level so i moved to the uk where football was the main sport and more opportunity for me to you know i it was my decision uh, my parents gave me that decision and you know i kind of knew what it meant that it was going to be difficult leaving family and friends away from home um cousins and, and grandparents and all my school friends that I grew up with and at a young age, but it's what I wanted to do. So, mm. yeah. How, how difficult was that then? For you? Yeah, it was tough. Um, then moved to Italy just before I turned 16. So new country, new culture, new language, no mom, no dad, no sister, no family, no one. Uh, going into a country that were pretty, you know, didn't really speak English, didn't want to try kind of forced me to learn the language, um, learning to cook clean for yourself at 16. Mm. Um, that wasn't the toughest part. The toughest part was 
being alone, no friends, no family, time zone differences. Um, although you had Facebook and stuff and, and FaceTime or whatever, when I was waking up, friends and family sleeping and, and vice versa. So didn't really get to, to do that. I didn't go to school at 16. So no social life from that, from that standpoint, no, couldn't, you know, I was training with the first team at 16. So, um, my friends were 33 years old, 34 years old. Um, my friends were married with kids and I'm 16 and after practice, mm -hmm. they're going to pick up the kids from school and I'm going back to my apartment and playing PlayStation all day, waiting for the next day. Um, so that was tough, uh, but you mature and you grow up quickly and you learn what it is to be a professional and, and what it comes with. It's not just the two hours on the field every day. Um, and learning from players, you know, my, my first assistant coach in the first team was Dejan Stankovic, uh, won the treble with Mourinho at Inter Milan and amazing midfielder. And I was learning off players like, uh, Antonio Di Natale was there and playing my position and, uh, Bruno Fernandes, who I'm still pretty close with now and, and stuff, uh, we speak regularly and he's taught me a lot on how, what it is to be a pro and, um, yeah, when I thought I was going to crack it and 17 and I'm on the bench in Syria and then they buy Rodrigo de Paul from Valencia and mm. now wins the World Cup with Argentina. So a lot of uh, a lot of learning experiences and stuff, but you grow up quick and you have to or else you don't survive. Yeah, it's um, that's that's wild, man. I mean, it's, it's 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 the part of game like, right, you you see a lot of people coming through and it's all about the the glitz and the glamour and they always talk about the highs and everything like that, but that's gotta be, um, especially just adapting to new countries, especially knowing that not everyone is guaranteed to, um, make it at different levels. It's just, it's, it's fascinating to see. Mm -hmm. And even like people carving out a uh, professional career at any level, it's just, you have to right be willing to like be put in the grind every single day. Yeah. I mean, I definitely don't have the most difficult story or the most difficult sure. upbringing. Um, everyone has their own story and everyone goes through, their ups and downs sure. uh, individually. And, and that's just my story. And yeah, there's certain things you regret or certain things that you mm. wish you could have done better. But if you don't learn from it, then it's it's probably a waste of time. So you have to look at it, um, look at it and, and try to learn from everything and, mm. and sponge the good things and, and let go of the bad things. I mean, you look at just, again, the, the number of clubs you went around Europe playing for never really kind of settling in anywhere mm -hmm. for any length of time, never really getting a whole lot of playing time. How difficult is that just bouncing around club to club? Yeah, it was tough. Um, like I said earlier, I'm pretty competitive and pretty impatient. And the clubs I was at in Europe were pretty big clubs and fighting for Europa League, Champions League. And when you're 18, 19 and you want to play first team football and you're part of... Udinese, let's say, where I was, and you've got Di Natale in your position, and then the backup is Rodrigo De Paul, and you know, was on the bench a few times actually when I was 17, 18, and thought I was going to get my opportunity. Uh, coach got sacked three weeks later. New coach comes in. I'm walking on the field with uh, Bruno actually, and in Italian, the coach goes, "How old are you?" And I said, "17." He's like, "Okay, so you can go back with the reserves, right?" And I said, yeah, and that frustration of him not even being able to see what I can do on the field, just him looking at an age where, like I said, coaches don't have time anymore. So mm. at that level, I'm not sure what it's like here in the US, but in Europe, he didn't have time to give a young player an opportunity. He had time to play the 
more experienced players that he knew were going to give them a certain performance week in, week out. And uh, my performances could have been great one week and really bad the next, and that could have cost him his job. And he wasn't willing to put his job on the line for me. Um, and then that kind of spiraled into then, you know, I had quality, so I had some options with teams to, to sign with and I signed with Panathinaikos and that didn't work as, as planned, you know. Um, and then I went to Belgium and, again, I played quite a few games, did well mm. there, got offered a new three-year contract actually uh, on holiday in Dubai with a couple of friends and get a call from the coach, hey, I've just been sacked. Director then calls me, look, new coach doesn't want you. I had put a deposit down on an apartment, um, all of that. So from a three-year deal, played well in Belgium first division, playing against teams like Anderlecht and Club Bruges mm -hmm. and, and big clubs like that and and started a few games and performed well, scored a couple goals. Um, three-year deal, happy on holiday in Dubai, preseason starting two weeks later and get a call from the coach, hey, I've been sacked. The director calls me the next day, hey, we've now signed yeah. this new coach. He doesn't see you fitting a part of the team. So football changes really quickly like that and um, can't feel sorry for yourself. You just have to move on and adapt and that's the way it is. It's a, it's, it's a business at the end of the day and we only have a, a short career. We are lucky if you if you can have a 15, 20 year career um, and it goes like that. So, mm. Of course, you, you tweeted when you were with Loudon about how you were enjoying football again. Mm -hmm. um, just... How much of a difference has it been for you since since leaving Europe behind and coming over to the States? Yeah, I mean, just consistent playing time is what I've been looking for. And, and that's kind of why I came to the US and, and hoping I know I had to earn my spot with whatever team I was going to go to and um, hasn't been easy. But, you know, when I'm playing, I'm happy. And I think that goes for every player and stuff. And of course, there's going to be moments in your career that you're not playing and you're going to get less game time and stuff, but it's about staying uh, level-headed. And I've learned, you know, when when you're high and when you're good to stay in the middle and when you're going through a bad moment and, and you're not doing so well, you, you keep the same. Nothing has to change. You can't be too high and you can't get too low. You just have to have a balance throughout and not read the headlines when you're you're on fire and, and also not read the, the reports or hear the outside noise when you're not playing too well and you get the criticism. You just have to, to get on with it. Mm. Mm. I mean, it's like even like the position that you play, it's interesting, right? Especially when you're talking about you're going through, maybe it's either a tough stretch um, or it is riding the highs. Do you do you get particular energy? I mean, right, scoring goal, it's got to be amazing. Mm -hmm. Do you get a, like particular energy about, you've had a, quite a lot of assists since you've been with Rising. Mm -hmm. It's got to be cool to be able to set up teammates, put them in good positions yeah, as well. Yeah, I think sometimes to a fault, I can be a little bit unselfish. Uh, I know that, I can finish pretty well. And a lot of the times I think it's just like my personality. I, I always want to help others. And I think that shows like also in my play, like there's times where maybe I could shoot around the edge of the box and I'm looking for that pass to, to get Trejo mm -hmm. or Manu or Darius a goal instead. And that's just me being unselfish. Um, yeah, for me, it's just winning. I like to win. Yeah, And um, I think now football has become, and I understand why a lot about statistics and sometimes I, it, it's nice when you've got the statistics or whatever, but I think I miss a little bit of football when like you just look at a player and you're like, yeah, he can play. Yeah. And I think now it's, for me, there's a lot of players that score a lot of goals that are not very good footballers True. in my opinion. And that's just, that's just how I see it. And there's a lot of guys that have a lot of assists. And I think 
you need to watch the whole game or you need to watch a multitude of games to have a look at there's certain things that that go missed by the the general fan or whatever mm. and then if you just look at the the stat sheet at the end or Panos had one goal one assist he had a great game there's been times that I don't think I had a great game against Vegas or there's been times against Detroit mm. for example I got a goal and assist that wasn't a good game for me in my opinion but you look at the the stats at the end and you look at the ratings and he had a great game mm -hmm. and I just don't think you can look at it like that I think I've had much more impactful and better games where maybe I haven't scored or assisted yep. and I've been you know the reason or one of the reasons that the team has gotten the three points or whatever rather than yeah it's nice to get the accolades and I know the headlines are always going to be for the goal scorers and the guys that get the assists and, and create chances and I know I've been involved in that but I think there's a lot of players in this league that I look at them like yeah top player and they may not have as many goals as their assists and there's other guys that have a lot of goals and assists and I'm looking like okay yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? You're going to be subjected to more Max ads in a second, but I've got one more question for you before we move on to that one. I've got to ask, why Loudon? Why did you go to Loudon? A lot of people have asked me that question, <laughs> and I still ask myself that same question. <laughs> um, to be honest, with all honesty, it was the way they pitched it to me when I was overseas in Europe. I had some other offers as well. And the way they pitched it to me was that you will be getting your opportunity with DC United. And I had some other offers from the USL and I was saying no because my preference was to stay in Europe at the time. And there were some good teams in the USL that had offered me and three, four of them. And I took a massive risk in theory. Um, I know like Loudon wasn't known to be a team that was fighting for the league in general or, or anything like that. But my mentality was prove to everyone that you can be the best player or one of the best players in this league quickly, show it in preseason, get the opportunity and back yourself to to crack it. And yeah, never got that opportunity, which they kind of pitched. So yeah, happy to be here. Mm. So at least you're in Phoenix now. Yes, you're very, very Phoenix happy now. to be here. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, in the chat, damn loud and catching strays now. We're... It happens. It happens all part of the journey. OGs can be part of your journey there. Uh, if See you, what I mean? See what I mean? <laughs> if you guys are, I'm just cringing now at this guy. It's 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 kind of part of the role, man. If uh, if you haven't had OG times a week, <laughs> if you haven't if you haven't had OGs brands, check them out. They have all the amazing, delicious flavors for those. If you were looking to get into that spectrum, into that uh, that sphere of the game, uh, the fruits, the creams, uh, if you guys are dabbling in the sativas, the indicas, the minis, all of that fun stuff, check out OG's brands. Absolutely love them. Um, a lot of people in PHNX, big fans of them as well. Check them out at ogsbrands.com. Find them at a dispensary near you. Check them out on all the socials at OG's Brands. Must be 21 years or older to enjoy responsibly. Um, you can also check out our friends at Valley Tap Room. Valley Tap Room in 202 and Gilbert. Fills you around the east side. I've uh, been doing some fun watch parties there, a little trivia, everything like that. Um, or we're going to do some more PHNX Rising stuff in uh, the off season there. But uh, stay tuned with the latest and greatest at Valley Tap Room on Instagram at Valley Tap Room uh, for now. And yeah, more to come with uh, all the fun stuff that they have going on. Mm.
Okay. All right. Okay. Should we take okay. some. We got some questions from our diehards. We should take those first. We and then absolutely do. Move on to a few other fun things. Oh yeah, of course. It gets easy from here on out. Well, easy's a relative. I can. I can. Never easy with these two. It's never easy. It's never easy. I can't. I can't control the diehards. They got their minds of their own. No. Um. So Albert asked, and he he already asked the, one of the questions, right? Talking about coming on midseason, but he did ask, "How have you adjusted to the heat?" Uh, now I feel okay. When I first arrived okay. in June, that was tough. June, <laughs> June July was yeah. was very tough. Uh, I mean, coming from Australia, you you have the heat, you have mm. pretty good weather, but here was intense. Sure. Um, practicing in the heat was really tough, and and having to hydrate um, and stuff like that. And when I first got traded to Phoenix, I was like, okay, cool, can lay by the pool a little bit. But the the first thing I wanted to do after practice was finished was get back to my my place and get into the air conditioning and oh, and yeah. not, oh, not yeah. really leave the house hunger down um so that that was tough first couple of weeks and first couple home games were tough for me um but yeah now it's fine and i know how it can in those months be difficult for away teams to 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 come and play here and yeah i definitely felt that for sure Okay, okay. Uh, got another question from one of our diehards. This is Sylee. She asks, and not normally I don't allow free ads, but I will allow it. Um, any recommendations on good Greek food that you've had here in Phoenix? Never tried Greek food here in Phoenix. Okay. <laughs> okay. I would love to, though. I've been okay. actually asking some of the fans when I when I sign some stuff after the games if they know any Greek place, and no one's really suggested anything. So I'm, I'm actually looking for a suggestion myself. Okay, fair enough. Maybe chat can help out as well. Um, she does have another question. What were your personal goals for this season? How confident do you feel about completing them? Um, I didn't really have any statistical personal goals okay. uh now my goals have changed i went in personally they've stayed the same mm -hmm. i wanted to be recognized as the best player in my position in the league um and to win and again this is not a shot at my previous team or whatever but it's become more realistic to do that here and so since i arrived in June with Phoenix, I wanted to win the league. Nothing else has really mattered. Hmm. Um, I didn't know if it was a possibility because I didn't know much about the USL. I didn't know really anything about any team. When I felt every time I played a team, it was usually the first time that I had played against them. Hmm. Um, but I want to win it, and I'm pretty confident we can do that. And by individual goals, it's you know if you're playing well and you're winning, you'll get recognized. Usually, it's different if you're playing well and you're losing. It's it's tough as well. So you want to be a part of a winning culture and a winning team. Um, and yeah, individual goals statistically, I didn't really have any, mm. but it was to to play regularly. First off, in you know probably one of the first times in my career that I get consistent game time and um, be part of a winning team and stuff like that, and and to to show people what I can do. Okay. Hey, no, no aspirations to become the the second golden boot winner on this podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> you knew, you knew, no. you knew it was coming on. You knew it was coming. Um, he as he sighs every he sighs, time. Every Max time. Will bring up his golden boot in Sunday. Whoa, league. we well, we do have a super sticker from Siley. Ten dollars. Please read it. Yes, I have to read uh, it. Um, it says, go ahead. Oh, it says Shiba dog shouting good luck in a megaphone. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I. I do. Uh, it's a sticker. We can't see the sticker. Unfortunately. Darn you, darn you too. But we, can, uh, we do. Yeah. we do appreciate it. Um, oh, well. Speaking of, yeah, no, not really stickers, but um, you talked about the tattoo bet with Darish. So you have a lot of tattoos yourself. 
curious if you feel comfortable answering how many tattoos you have and are there any that have a particular like meaning or one of your favorites exact amount of tattoos i don't know okay uh, have a lot on my arm oh, man, here yeah, you got quite a sleeve going man here yeah. uh and on my calf um the calf one is probably the most meaningful one uh and this one here two lions uh so born in August, so as my father, both mm. Leos. So it's kind of like my father protecting me. Uh, oh. I have a really good relationship with him and mm. he's my best friend and everything. So um, that's probably the most meaningful one um, with that one. And then number 10 I have here and my position and stuff like that. And a lot of them mean something, a couple of just like nice designs or whatever like that. And But this is probably the the most meaningful one, yeah. And that's really cool. It's like super, super detailed. Did that hurt yeah. a lot? Uh, not really. Yeah. It was like seven, eight hours. Uh, oh my word. Did it in, in one go. So nice. towards the end, a little bit with the fading and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Okay. Okay. And then, um, you play, uh, you mentioned PlayStation. You, you FIFA, you FIFA it up? Uh, a little bit. Well, is I guess it, we, we are, we're not, we're not, we're not calling it, is it, it's not FIFA anymore, right? FC, You'd be surprised my game, my go-to game is Madden. So, really? Okay. Yeah, you're an Eagles okay. fan, aren't big, you? Big, big NFL fan. Okay. Big, big NFL fan. It's been the last six, seven years. So okay. I would wake up in Europe and 2 a.m. and red zone it and all Sunday night and Monday morning. And it was nice because usually the games I would play in Europe were Sunday. So Monday would be like a day off. I can sleep in and stuff, watch the games. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, you're an Eagles fan, aren't mm -hmm. you? Why are you picking Philly teams? So... It's also in basketball, and the reason mm -hmm. for Philly is that I have a mental coach that I work with. Um, he's Greek Australian, lives in Philly, and went to go visit him in 2017, mm. and stayed with him over Christmas. And he's also the mental coach for U.S. Women's National Team player Carly Lloyd. Mm. So Carly and I, uh, she took me to my first ever basketball game, which was Philly versus oh, wow. Toronto courtside. Wow. And grew up watching the Rocky Balboa movies. Love the the fans in Philly. Love that they put pressure on the on the players and die hard and everything. And when I started getting into NFL, um, Philly weren't a great team. The Eagles weren't a great team. And I wanted a team that I knew, like with the draft system and stuff, that eventually you have the opportunity to become good. And yeah, from there I've just been regarding US sports. It's always been Philadelphia and kind of fell in love with basketball because of Allen Iverson and his whole vibe and the tattoos and the cornrows and how he played and how he kind of, in my opinion, changed the game a little bit. So uh, just like that whole Philly vibe and yeah, it's a Philly thing. It's a man. We we do have a. We, I don't know if you're aware. We do have a sister network in uh, Philly. P H L Y. They have. Uh, mm -hmm. They actually have a union podcast and everything. Man, that's uh, union that's eagles. A, that's every, that, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good. That's a good plug for them. Shoot. Yeah. <laughs> you advertising ever? Uh, I'm just. I'm just. City, I'm just yeah. saying. That's something. I mean, they would appreciate a yeah. clip like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, but here you go. Who's who's gonna win the Super Bowl this year? Eagles. You think they're gonna win it? Again, uh, a shake of the head from one of our, our <laughs> colleagues sitting over there. Bills fan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Poor thing. Uh, yeah, I have a lot of confidence for and at the moment. So um, AFC is definitely stronger. Uh, I think NFC is probably the 49ers probably get in the way. Uh, is the only thing, but I believe in Jalen Hurts and the, yeah. and the team we have. So I'm hoping anyway. It was close last year, but again, can appreciate 
amazing players in the NFL as well, like Mahomes and stuff. So you have to understand it would be difficult. So just hoping to get to the Super Bowl and then it's a one-off game, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I see. I'm Albert in the chat. Uh, I'm talking about the Sixers connection. Apologize in advance for when the Suns um, beat uh, <laughs> the 76ers. That will translate. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, gosh, I we do, do have a I couple of the things favor up mm, in the chat. Yeah. People were asking about this. Obviously, there's a couple of World Cups on now coming up shortly. Um, Rugby World Cup, what do you think? Yeah, knowing how Australia have done in that. Yeah, not not too well. I mean, as a rugby first nation, it's pretty disappointing. But um, you expect them to do well. Mm. But you always have to know South Africa is going to be a strong team, and New Zealand, the All Blacks, and stuff. But yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And then Cricket World Cup coming up. How how confident are you for Australia in that one? To be honest, I haven't really followed the cricket that much, oh. so I I'm hoping Australia, but honestly, I I don't really know. Okay. 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 If, if we're asking about World Cups, the 2030 World Cup, the the plan for that one with the what first couple games in South America, and then going to um, what is it across the pond to Europe? What are our Spain, Portugal, Morocco, Morocco. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, logistically super. Just that's something. What do we what do we think about that? Yeah, I think. Uh, <laughs> FIFA's getting bored. <laughs> I think they're just, you know, they're just, I, I, I don't know what they're trying to do. Yeah, I think man, they it's... just don't really think for the players. Um, yeah. Also for the fans, you can imagine fans trying to locate playing one country and it's not like Europe where everything's kind of close by. You could be playing in Argentina one game and then yeah. Morocco the next. It's, it doesn't really make sense. So It sounds like an Onion article All right, or something. Question from Devin. Vegemite, yes or no? Who? Lightly spread, lightly okay. spread. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. J- Jingo, we can actually scroll up a little bit further. Ed- 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 not Ed- the first Edwards uh, chat up there. Aussie we've had on there. Really? But you're not. No. Keep going. Keep no, going. No, our Suns Pod used to have. Um... Oh God, why am I blanking on the name? What? Suns Pod. Oh, Jock Lindell. Yeah. Oh, okay. He used to come on uh, quite a bit, but yeah, I remember they did a tasting of various Australian foods yeah. ones on the pod. Mm. Here's, here's a question for you, actually, mm-hmm. though. If you got a phone call tomorrow from the Greek manager and the Aussie manager, who are you playing for? Ooh. You've played for both at youth level, haven't you? Yes. Um, it's a tough one. I grew up my whole life in Australia. Um, but I feel very Greek with my background and, you know, the food I eat, the music I listen to, my grandparents having played in Greece. Um, it's a tough one. I feel both. Um, I played for Australia more. Maybe Australia because of mm. of living there. Never really lived in Greece other than when I played there professionally. Um, but I feel both. It, it would be a, it would be a definitely a tough decision if if that opportunity came. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This isn't really a question. I think it just was like this. This warmed my my heart. Edward in the chat. And I was one of my five year old son Ben's favorite players. Tries to do the double shuffle you do and calls it the panel. That's <laughs> that's freaking that's freaking adorable, man. Yeah, it's pretty cool oh. to see stuff like that. Oh man. Oh man. Um, Owen, anything? Is there anything that we're missing? I know we've had we've had a lot of questions from diehards and everything that we've yeah. asked a couple of our own. Yeah. I think uh, I think we've mostly run through everything there. Okay. Okay. Panos, do you have any questions for us? No. Okay. You can ask us questions. No. Okay. 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 Any anything you'd like to say to the people, to the chat, to anyone anyone who's um looking who maybe hasn't been to a rising game or anything like that or is looking to come out, like what do you guys say to the people? He's being told to sell the shit. I, right? I, 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 I am hearing something, yes, yes. No, just that um <laughs> again, not from just for me, but definitely from the team, I really appreciate uh all the support that you guys give us and we want that, you know, coming into the playoffs and we really feel the atmosphere that you guys bring. Um, 
every home game and we're just trying to make you guys proud and um yeah hopefully we can win the whole thing this year and we're pretty confident we can do that but we need everyone so absolutely all of that well, there we go. There we go. Um, Mikey in the chat. Yes. No, Mikey. We know you had questions in Discord, but we're not going to. I'm not reading all of them from you. you <laughs> How many no. questions did he ask? He, he, asked, he asked ones that I will not be asking. Oh, well, you you go you go through read it. Tell people about the Discord. Oh, I'll check these out. Yeah. Um, no, I do want to shout out. There were many diehards right who were contributing questions. Um, everything like that. And yes, yes, there are the people in the chat who are looking to buy the shirt that you are rocking. So mm. shout out the diehards in the chat supporting Phoenix Rising for supporting us here at ph next you guys want to become a diehard it's pretty cool uh, you got shirts that owen's wearing shirts that i'm wearing everything like that shout out um diehards in the chat again you want to check them out go to phnxlocker.com um really cool thing got uh, memberships everything like that you get discounts on events discounts on merch everything like that and you get access to the discord where you get to ask these first questions to panos himself um again appreciate everyone in the chat mavens keep we want to shout you out super chat ten dollars Thank you for being here. That's incredibly kind of you. <laughs> yeah. Man, oh man. Yeah, my, we're not asking that question. I think at this point the chat no. is now devolving into chaos. You, 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 so. are, you ask him that when yourself on Saturday after yeah. the game. If you yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think at this point it's uh, it's devolving into chaos. So we should probably get out of here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Panos on the Rail, thank you so much for coming through, man. This has been uh, really fun. I know, like I said, that, well, I mean, the chat said it themselves. People have like... It's really cool to see someone who's been embraced by like the Phoenix Rising community, like in general, but just... Again, you came on mid-season, man. That's really cool. So yeah, shout out to you, man. Uh, thank you for coming on the pod. Appreciate everyone joining us in the PHNX Rising podcast. You guys already know where to follow us on Twitter at PHNX underscore underscore rising because double the underscore. Double the fun. Double the fun. Mm-hmm. You can follow me on Twitter at Max David Simpson. You can follow Owen on Twitter at OJ Evans 18. You can follow Panos on Twitter at Panaldino 10. P-A-N-A-L-D-I-N-H-O 10. Yeah, I, I, I keep trying to type... Yes, I know. I did, I know. And it keeps coming up with a fan account. <laughs> it does, but hey, yeah. he, he mentioned he mentioned it. He mentioned his inspiration. That it, yeah, one hundred percent, man. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's been cool. Appreciate everyone again. Check us out. Um, you already know. Post match Saturday, we breaking down uh, Rising's match against New Mexico. Of course, check out our pregame show on Arizona's Family Sports. It's a beautiful game. Way more beautiful. Uh, would be more beautiful if uh, Penos chose uh, Spurs instead of Arsenal. But that's okay. Here we go. <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs>